calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Trevor Van Winkle. I am the uh, writer, creator, and producer of The Sheridan Tapes. Uh, just go around the room and just everyone introduce themselves and what they do for the show. Yes, that, that's your cue, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aaron Neely Chaconis, and I am the voice of Anna Sheridan. Woo! Hi, I'm Jesse Haugen, and I'm the composer who writes music for the Sheridan Tapes. Woo! Hi, I'm Virginia. I've been whooping in the background. I am uh, moving forward on season two. I am a producer and writer working with Trevor, and I also voice Kate Sheridan. Awesome. And I also voice Sam Bailey, in case you uh, you didn't recognize the, uh, the annoying voice. That's, and uh, that's DeWitt. And DeWitt. And cashier. And, 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 and yep. Any other character I forget to cast a week of, <laughs> basically. Uh, welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you all so much for being here. And thank you to everyone who's listening, um, who listened through all of season one. Um, gosh, this has been kind of crazy to see how much this show has exploded this year. Uh, and just to start off, I want to say thank you so much to all of you who listen, who support, who share the show. Um, you really make all that we do possible um and thank you to everyone who sent in questions for this q a because uh, we couldn't be doing this without you either so uh we're just gonna jump right into this um so we're gonna start off with a question for aaron from holly uh what is your favorite thing about anna as a character it's a good question because anna and i are actually very different um I am definitely a lot more emotional and family-oriented and, um, I don't know, just a 
totally different than Anna. And so it's really fun playing somebody that's so different. Um, And I'd have to say that my favorite thing about her is her courage and bravery Mm. to do all of these crazy things. I'm not actually a person who's that interested in the paranormal. In fact, it kind of freaks me out. So playing somebody who is that courageous to kind of put herself in harm's way or in the line of fire, I guess you could say, um, is a ton of fun because I don't even really like walking through an empty parking structure alone. So (laughs) definitely not going to be doing any ghost hunting anytime soon. Mm, What if Kate and Anna had a Freaky Friday moment? (laughs) (laughs) If If you're so different from Anna, like where do you go in your mind to like get into character? Like what what sort of takes you from Aaron to Anna? Also a really good question. I don't know. I guess I try to recall moments or parallels from my past or maybe difficult times that I've personally experienced that can kind of put me in a similar mind frame. But I definitely don't have any similar experience in terms of, you know, like putting myself intentionally in harm's way. But I'd have to say that the emotional stuff or the internal reflection is easier for me to get to than the fear, maybe, um, because I haven't really been in a fearful type situation like she's been in or puts herself in. But I have a lot to draw on emotionally speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's I don't think any of us have had any uh, quite so terrifying experiences with uh, eldritch monstrosities and beings yeah. from <laughs> beyond, yes. you know. Speak for yourself. I, but. Yeah, I, I don't have any stories. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. Yeah. Somehow I write this stuff. So, you know, I don't I don't that is not a prerequisite for being a part of the Sheridan tapes <laughs> in any way, shape or form. All I right. did once have a ghostly figure sit right next to me when I was like seven or eight during a family reunion it looked like my cousin she went up to get to go to the bathroom and i thought she came back but she did not so i just laid very still and it went away it solved itself so so that's terrifying yeah i would actively (laughs) avoid that situation i don't i don't think i wasn't asking for it let's be clear i was sleeping we have a, a suspected ghost situation in my parents basement i have multiple stories and i actively avoid it i'm just like nah, i'm good to be fair that's that's probably the uh the good call in that situation that's the right decision all right. Um, okay. Next question is for Jesse um, from Virginia Sports. Who's well, that? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know her. Um, huh. But what was the concept behind the Sheridan Tapes main theme? I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a good question. It's a hard question to answer because when I wrote the main theme and also actually the a large body of music for season one. I had never heard the show um, or read a script or like basically anything. I'd had conversations with Trevor. So (laughs) the concept was super actually generic in general. I I wanted um, something that had this sort of 
undergirded, like bubbling tension. I wanted something that felt exciting, but in a terrifying way. I knew that that needed to carry you into every single show. And then I knew um, because this is a podcast and most of the music is going to be under dialogue, it's an audio drama. So you don't, you rely a lot on what you hear. And what that means is that the music really has to sort of, you know, weave in and out of dialogue. And so this was going to be the one moment with the main theme where the music could really say something. And so I knew I wanted a super um, obvious, clear melody, a, a theme that you could, you know, you could hum to yourself, something that would immediately be when you're listening to it in your car or in headphones at home or whatever, you would just, you're in the world because that it's such an obvious um, melody. And I wanted it to be, to be terrifying, but in like an intriguing way. So not terrifying where it's like, oh, I don't want to go there. Terrifying and like, oh, I kind of want to know more about that. I think you nailed it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thanks. Totally. <laughs> I, I do. I do catch myself humming it every once in a while um, when I'm by myself. That's the say. goal. I was like, if I could do, like, I think of Doctor Who and yeah. Star Wars, like all those themes that they're simple, but they just, you're just so excited immediately. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it, absolutely. And, you know. On that, and just so you know, so the actors on this call know you're not the only ones that keep in the dark about um, the plot. Um, yeah, I knew nothing, guys, <laughs> nothing. But yeah, it was mainly you know it just talking with Jesse about the intent of the show and kind of the emotions of it and what the, you know the different pieces of music, but specific you know especially the main theme are kind of supposed to do from a kind of a functional standpoint is really how I approached it. Largely because when I started asking him to make the music, I didn't know entirely where it was going either. So just kind of went for, you know, kind of generic things that could be used, you know, over and over and over again, but be distinctive and, you know, memorable was the hope. All right. Uh, next question is for Virginia. No relation to Virginia. Um, this is from Aries. <laughs> that girl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is from Aries. Um, how was it writing an episode for the show? I know you posted a Twitter thread, but I'd love to hear more about that experience. Hello, Aries. Thank you for this question. Uh, we love Aries. Yes. Aries does so much for the show. If you don't know, uh, has started, but it been, been a, a linchpin in the fandom and has gathered so many people together. We love that. Uh, so writing for the show. It was very exciting. Um, I feel like <laughs> my friendship with Trevor and getting to work with Trevor as much as I have so far has felt like a right place, right time, right person kind of situation. Um, this like, I, I always um, joke with my husband that how things have sometimes worked out in my life, not every time, but sometimes is I just say it aloud as if to the universe and then I respond to emails. Um, this worked for me when I was doing freelance editing. I said something out loud, like as a joke, like, oh, I just kind of want to respond to emails and like get some jobs. Literally, that happened to me. And the same thing happened with like, man, I really want to be a part of something where I can write and act and like be very involved in it. And here we are. So that's kind of how it felt realizing that Trevor was like reaching out to me to write something as I was like, okay, well, I did ask for this. I'm not going to count on this. Careful what you wish for. In the, I know I got to be careful. I'm like running out of wishes. I have to use it wisely. Jeez. Um, but uh, basically, I he he pitched it as like a uh, 
filler episode a little bit in a positive way, guys, a positive filler uh, to be about some side characters and to like be a little bit of a break from the craziness of the show. Um, I thought of the Tales from Ba Sing Se, which is an episode in Avatar The Last Airbender. And I love that episode a lot. So I kind of pitched it like that, that it was going to be about Ren and Kate and Bill. Um, I, the night that I worked on it, I just had a bunch of ideas come to me that I got out of bed like five times to keep adding something to a sheet that I was working off of. And then, uh, the first draft when I wrote it, um, was very happy with it. Only I forgot that Bill was injured at the time. I had him like picking out a tie to go to a party and talking to his mom on the phone. And Trevor was like, so two notes, this is great, but Bill's injured. Also, he and his mom don't have a relationship. And I was like, great notes. I'm going to take that. And I'm going to rewrite took, the whole you, thing. Yeah, and you took that. it and ran with it. <laughs> and it turned yeah. Really, really um, And I, I really enjoyed working with you on that, Trevor. The edit process was like very positive and like, yeah, constructive. So I appreciated that, that it was like effective, but not mean. And I, <laughs> I feel like we worked together well on that. So. Yeah, that, that's the hope. I, we get stuff done, but, you know, I yeah, try to be try not to get anyone pissed off at me because we need to be doing this for a little while to make the story work. You know, can't, can't yes. burn any bridges on that. But also, you know, just just, yeah, try to be nice to each other, you know, yes, process as much as possible. Well, I thought um, I thought you did a really great job. I I mean, it, it didn't. Um, there's definitely you have your own unique voice, but it felt mm. such a part of the Sheridan tapes. Thank it you. Didn't, it didn't feel like a departure, in other words. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. I I do not want my writing to feel like a departure. God, I hope not. <laughs> We're heading into season two. Yeah. It's time to work. <laughs> I think that, no, it was it, awesome. It, it gelled really well. I have yeah. to agree. Um, Thank you. Uh, Virginia, do you want to ask uh, me the next question? Because oh, I, yeah. I don't want to be talking. Let's do that so want, you don't. You know, people, <laughs> you know, episode you know, 19 was enough of, you know, me asking myself questions. All right, perfect. Well, here is another question from the fabulous Aries Jimenez. Trevor, what is your writing process like for the series, and how is the series developed as you've worked on it? Yeah, so I'm glad those two questions are kind of together because as the series developed, the writing process really changed with it. You know, the first couple of episodes were very much, you know, pretty much everything up to episode nine was written kind of as an experiment to kind of figure out the world, the characters, the feel of this show. Um, so for a lot of those kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, monster of the week stories, it was very much my writing process was kind of going through my own list of things I'm really, really scared of or things that really, really <laughs> fascinate me. And then with the things I'm terrified of, how do I turn that into a fascinating story? And for the things I'm fascinated with, how do I make that terrifying? So trying, mm. that was kind of, it came, all started with kind of, you know, concepts of, you know, what's going to be kind of the central hook or idea of this story and then spinning that um, into a narrative, trying figuring out, you know, is this a story about Anna or another character that she knows? Um, how can we tell this well? Um, and that was kind of, for a lot of the series, that was kind of the, you know, episode by episode writing process. As we got further along and I figured out where the story was going, you know, I had a loose idea at the very beginning. But once we kind of got the um, the big turning points, like the episodes 10, 15, you know, 20, the ones that will really kind of turn the story in a new direction and kind of had a structure, 
<laughs> you know, that's kind of important for a long form series. But um, knowing what those big moments were kind of let me in some ways kind of backfill the episodes between them, figure out what do we need to build to? What do we need to learn about these characters? Um, you know, what needs to be set up so it can be paid off well later on. So that really helped to kind of inform some of those more when the series became kind of more structured, sorry, uh, serialized towards the end. That's kind of where a lot of that process came from is where does this need to, what, what does this episode kind of need to do for the series? What is this moment kind of um, from a structural perspective? Cause just personally, I, you know, I approach writing pretty structurally, at least in terms of the, the larger story of it. Um, you know, in terms of what are the kind of act breaks, what's the midpoint, what's the crisis, what's the climax, how will this resolve? Um, that's just kind of the way I think about story. And so, yeah, that really helped with the writing process later on uh, in the series. And then in terms of just actually writing the episodes, um, you know, a lot of times it is just kind of putting the character or characters into the situation and just kind of, you know, flowing with the, you know, kind of the just try, you know, a lot of time, once you get to know the characters, it does in some ways get to become almost transcribing the way you hear them in your head um, in mm-hmm. situations and kind of hearing how they how they act and react, you know, to one another in the situation um, and just getting that down and then fixing all of the the weird things that you wrote down in the edit um, is, you know, the, 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 the secret sauce, you know. But yeah, that's what I would say my writing process was for this season. Um, thank you, Trevor. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, Aaron, this is yes. also from Aries. Um, Aries sent thank in a you, lot Aries. of questions. Yes, um, Aries is the best. Um, what does Anna have in common with the Echo? Oh, sorry. This, this, sorry. This one is from, it's, it, we're mixing two questions. I apologize. Mm. I only looked at the end of the question. Uh, the first part of this question is from Virginia Sports. Um, Vir- yeah. Oh, yeah. Virginia again. Uh, what does Anna have in common with the Echo? And part two of the question, which is from Aries, um, how was it switching between real Anna and the Echo? Uh, how did you go about that on your end? Um, in as far as what Anna has in common with the Echo, um, probably a good question for Trevor. But from my perspective, they're both pretty i'd say mission driven or kind of will fulfill their their mission or their goal kind of at all cost um for anna it's kind of at the cost of relationships at the cost of um you know a more conventional lifestyle and for the echo i mean I'm still really learning about the Echo and getting comfortable in that um, space, but I would say very mission-driven. And so I'd say that they have that in common. And, you know, they're actually played by the same person. They also have that in common. Um, As far as what it was like playing both of them, a total blast, actually. I loved when we started deviating from Anna to other Anna, as it says in the script. <laughs> um, and so that was actually a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I was I would just try to think about what um, a more demonic possessed Anna would sound like. 
And that's just <laughs> kind of my inspiration for the echo. Mostly I just try to get kind of mad. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll do it. Um, and so that's, you know, kind of how we got there. But actually it was so much fun playing that version of Anna after I had been playing the actual Anna for several months up until that point. And so um, it was really honestly just more than anything, just a lot of fun to do. Yeah, <laughs> those those kind of villain characters are a lot of fun, hence why I yeah. cast myself as DeWitt. And mm. I don't have a lot of experience with villain-esque characters. Um, really, I've only played kind of one version of a villain um, previously in a different project. Um, Lady so- Macbeth. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's pretty villainy. Yeah. A l- little villainy, you know. She talks about um no, l- injuring babies mightily, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, um you know, that was the only experience I had to draw on as an actor, but um it was a lot of fun. I really I really enjoyed that part. But then it was also fun to switch back and just be like kind of it was kind of going home when you were pl- when I was going back to Anna kind of because oh, um, I, I actually kind of missed her for a minute because I was playing more of the Echo than actual Anna in a few different episodes. And then when we kind of went back and did a more um, storytelling um, style of story, which is more similar to, you know, the first half of the series, I kind of felt like I, I actually enjoyed easing back into that tone. So. And that one was also just, it was two pages instead of 20, so. Yeah, (laughs) and that was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Erin was always really excited when she got a script and just looked through and saw it was, you know, basically just her for most of it. It was, yeah. I mean, I don't know if excited is the right (laughs) word. (laughs) Fair enough. I definitely enjoyed it, took it in stride, and tried to give it my best. But it was very intimidating, especially in the beginning, to have to carry the story in that way, especially not having a ton of experience with um, this format. Mm. So um, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of the dialogue when it when it happened. Yes, no, and I, I definitely get that, you know. And- I know those. I, I did not realize quite how challenging those episodes would be when I first wrote them. So, yeah, well, it's all a learning curve. Yeah. This whole experience has been such a learning curve and so rewarding. Um, as somebody who appreciates the arts and it's a new format, it's not something I have a ton of. I've only actually have experience with you, um, with Anna and the tiny, tiny, tiny part that I helped play in a different show. Um, so it's, just, it's been really great. You know, I'm, I've done theater, not a ton of theater and I've done some writing, but not a ton of writing. And so I'm really excited to get to add this to just my repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> well, you certainly, well, first time out of the park leading a series. That's, that's pretty. That's yeah. Pretty <laughs> first time out of the park doing 30 minute monologues. Five episodes yeah. in a row. <laughs> that is something. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out. 
people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, next question is for Mr. Jesse Hagen. Uh, this is from Hyde. Um, Hyde! Hyde, uh, another one of our patrons. Yeah. Um, what was the process behind composing the music for uh, the Sheridan tapes? You covered a little bit of this, but, you know, if you just want to go a little bit more in depth on, like, you know, kind of the technical side of it, maybe. Yeah, well, it's 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 actually interesting because it's totally different um, than most of what I do. So on, on the productions I work on normally and on everything that Trevor and I had worked on together for the one off um, story episodes of Homestead on the Corner um they it's all very scored so i whether you know it's like a film that i'm scoring or it's a homestead podcast episode um that i'm scoring i would get the whole thing or sections of it and actually go in and write specific music tailored to every moment that there was going to be music um but when we decided to do the sheridan tapes because we were going to be releasing episodes weekly it and you know they're they're not super long but they're pretty long and there's quite a bit of music in them uh going in and and scoring every single moment like that was just going to be a little bit it just wasn't going to work as smoothly as it had worked for you know the month um that we would get to be able to work on the other episodes we did and so what we decided to do was more of kind of like a licensed music sort of strategy where I would compose batches of of themes um, where Trevor would. We had this cue sheet where Trevor sort of said, I need like a suspense cue that feels this way, that sort of grows this way. Um, and then when I wrote it, I would try I would try to be faithful to what I knew the music functionally needed to do, but then also build in moments where things would climax, um, but then also make it easy for Trevor in the edit to take and and sort of you know, circle back in on itself again so that you could you could make it last longer or you could make it turn a corner when it needed to turn a corner. Um, another thing I decided to do from the beginning just to make Trevor's job as easy as possible is I put every single thing in the same key. So you could basically take... Nice. Whoa. Oh. My phone Jesse's, just died. Jesse's phone just fell over. Yeah. <laughs> my whole studio is falling apart right now. Oh, dear. So I decided, oh I, I decided we, we invite you in to record one thing and the, the yeah, curse is just coming for you. So I, so we decided to do, I decided to do everything in the same key, which meant that you can take any piece of music from the Sheridan tapes and butt it up against any other piece of music and it won't sound terrible. So it's just little functional choices like that, that make things flow as simply as possible. And then just, um, even though a lot of this goes under dialogue and a lot of it is reused, treating every single track like it's like it's special and actually do try to do something um, unique and thoughtful with it. I spent I spent actually quite a bit of time just trying to get it to to say something and to be special because I I I get a little turned off when I listen to podcasts and they have the kind of generic like suspense track that's just sort of the same repeating thing. 900 times I, I want it's such an opportunity in an auto audio drama to say more with with the audio and so i yeah really try to you know make them malleable but also make them significant 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're in audio, you really only have three things you can you know work with voices, sound effects and music. And, right. You know, right. It's it's a huge part of I feel the appeal. The appeal of the show is, you know, the music is such high it's, quality. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. If you layer them all and play them backwards, do you find out where Anna is? You want to know what's funny is so <laughs> the echo theme. I took the theme that had kind of became Anna's theme and mm-hmm. basically did stuff like that. So it is, <laughs> I use something called ring modulation. So it's basically the exact same notes, but perfectly inverted in frequency. And it creates this weird, like unsettling. So there oh, is weird so stuff like that going on in the music. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was really excited because it's basically if you listen to you, you first hear it, you think, oh, this is you know what it was in our cue sheet was the suspense theme. But that slowly kind of became kind of the Anna theme. You're like, oh, this is just, you know, that, yeah, I know what this is. I know what's happening here. And then slowly real, things slowly get stranger and weirder and it just sounds complete off. And so it kind of, you know, listening to that theme kind of reflects the experience of, you know, people who encounter the echo. Um Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to listen for that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. No. Yeah. And, you know, from my perspective as the editor, as a producer, you know, that all absolutely worked the way it was, you know, designed. And I was yeah, super happy with the way it mixed into, you know, re- I mean, using the same tracks for 26 episodes in a row could very easily get, you know, oh, we're hearing this again. I hate this track. Why are we? But at least from my perspective, it all still felt fresh by the end, you know. Absolutely. How much, how much yeah. music did we do? I, I, I don't know uh, the minute. Just now. about 30 minutes of music. So, okay. you know, basically the music An by episode. itself is only, <laughs> yeah, is, is equal yeah. to one episode of the show. But we, <laughs> it's wild. It's, it spreads out really well. And there was enough, there were enough points in there to change and move things around and loop things that, you know, I was able to do enough variations kind of to yeah. make it. Yeah. So basically, well, I, you know, instead of like with a normal episode, Jesse would be building me a table for this one. He handed me a to- toolkit and uh, told me to do it myself. Well, <laughs> but, I remember I, I texted you after the penultimate episode in season one and I won't give it away, but the, you you did something with the music. There was one other episode you did something with the music, too. And uh, it was uh, like, if anyone's listening to this, it's it's spo- spoilers free. Spoilers. Okay, free, so so Go okay, ahead. all right. Well, the one episode is you played the main theme in reverse at the beginning, and that, oh yes, the the one with the t- with time. It was that one. I was like, mm-hmm. that is so cool. And then the uh, penultimate episode of the season, you used. I had done a solo piano version of the main theme um, mm. at the very beginning, and you waited so patiently until just that episode to do it and i it's, there, there it's, were so many episodes i was tempted to I break know. it out <laughs> i was at the beginning i was waiting for it because I, I was expecting it because i knew i had written it and i had forgotten about it by that point <laughs> and when you did it it was like it was weird because i i know that i wrote the music but i didn't like place it like you're acting like the composer really and I remember texting you just being like, dude, you're a genius. Like, you're killing. <laughs> you're making me sound so good. <laughs> Don't tell me. Then I'll get a big no, hand. It was, aw- it was awesome. I was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Thanks, Jim. And I couldn't have done it. Obviously, I could not have done it without you giving me great music to start with. So, Hey, man. I just, I just tickle the ivories. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, this one is for Virginia and Aaron. Um, but Virginia, you just want to answer first. Um, 
What is it like working with Trevor as a director? This is another question from Aries Jimenez. All right. Uh, Working with Trevor as a director is really fun. And it's sometimes a little bit of a guessing game because Trevor tries to keep his face and his voice as neutral as he possibly can when he gives feedback. And (laughs) sometimes if I'm having a big self-anxiety day, I will try to read way too much into it when it is not helpful to do so. Um, So that's just something that I struggle with occasionally is like, oh my God, I did something and Trevor thinks it's really awful, but he's (laughs) just going to say something kind and pretend like he didn't hear it. Um, Although it is funny sometimes, actually, like when I I will do like a reading of something, understanding what his intention is, and I'll read it and I'll be like, great, that's what came across. And then Trevor will be like, now, could you insert like... Um, insert thing that I already understood but apparently didn't come across. And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it that way this time. And I'm like, okay, I guess I didn't do it. I have to try again and I have to be much more clear. Um, But yeah, I, I honestly feel, Trevor, that you have gotten like even better as a director during the series and your notes are much more specific and... um. And the way that you write the scripts, too, has become a lot clearer. And, you know, practice makes perfect. And I think that's what all of us are experiencing. Yeah, I do do this for 26 weeks in a row. I should hopefully get better. Yes. (laughs) In theory. (laughs) How about you, Erin? Working with Trevor. I don't know what to say. What a good beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding, of course. Um, It's been really lovely actually i don't know why i say actually like it's surprising because it's not at all um you know i didn't really know what i was getting myself into and i i you know don't know that trevor really knew what we were getting into in the beginning not at all (laughs) um so we've definitely kind of been on this really cool unique journey together and um it's been extremely rewarding you know fortunately i knew trevor prior to to this experience a little bit we'd worked together on some theatrical productions um and he actually participated in something that i wrote which is now kind of (laughs) cool that the tables have turned in an extremely drastic way um yeah you got you got me on one little play you wrote and now i've got you on a 26 episode (laughs) seat um so yeah that's been really cool um in the beginning i was Definitely, like I said earlier, really intimidated, especially with the the monologues and the more storytelling style of writing that we were doing in the beginning. And by we, I mean him. Um, I was just writing it. You're the one who had to say it all. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a little bit intimidating. And um, I think Virginia's right. I would kind of like look to him to be like, "Am I? Is this okay?" And he has nothing but the kindest ways of giving direction. So kind. And it's even when you so know appreciated, it's awful. but also <laughs> um I'm like I'm 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 like, you can tell me if it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but what I have to definitely stress is his patience because mm-hmm. again, especially early on, I just would be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Or you know, the helicopter's going over our head again because I live in LA. So, you know, that was constant, especially when we were experiencing a lot of the 
um, the protests and those types of things in the area. We were expe- experiencing a really busy airspace in LA. Well, if they don't um, use the helicopters, how will they get the money for the helicopters next year? So um, you have to use them. I remember one night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember one night we were trying to record and it was one of those, you know, long storytelling style of scripts. And it was like helicopter after helicopter. Um, it was then the ice cream truck. Um, at <laughs> one point we had an earthquake down here. And so I had to hold for that. And then the birds wouldn't stop chirping. And I'm just like, I think we're done. I think we're done. And he's like, I think we're done too. But let's just call it. Yeah. And so we had to pick up later that week. But yeah, he's extremely patient and um, just gives really great. Ooh, hi. There's a cat on my lap. Um, gives, you know, really good direction. I think we've gotten to know each other pretty well during this experience and that has been really lovely in itself to have this more um intimate relationship because there is a lot of vulnerability involved and so i really appreciate that and i've kind of appreciated just like our weekly check-in and getting to spend time with trevor for the next couple of hours so that's been that's been really nice yeah no same to you it's been a lot of fun to be able to actually Get to know you a little bit more than seeing you every once in a while at the theater, having you yeah. in for, you know, a couple of hours of a, a recording session and then we're done. It's It's been really nice. Yeah, it has been. Thank you both. Um, Virginia, would you All like right. to ask me? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Trevor. Oh, I also huh? have to say that you're extremely talented. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Trevor is so extremely talented. Uh, I, it's a little uh, ridiculous, actually. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go along, guys. <laughs> Yes. Keep it up. All right. As I as we all are to a certain extent. All the time. Um, especially this year. My God, what is even Yeah. This? Especially this year. I think the pandemic has brought out just a lot of stress and anxiety that maybe isn't normally there. And this has been a, such a nice mm-hmm. distraction. Absolutely. I don't know that we would have been able to do it as successfully under different circumstances. So it's been a little bit of a of a light at the end of this crazy dark time. Well, we all certainly had a lot more free time this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have something where like the monsters and spirits and the stresses are like personified and there is a way to handle it. And there is like a beginning, middle and end to what you're building. And like there is a certain logic about it that is pleasing and reassuring. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of the point of stories, you know, like, yep. you can give life okay. a sense of it. All right. Now I will ask you this question, Trevor. This is from Holly. We love Holly. Uh, when or how did you realize that you wanted to be a writer? <sighs> I don't know specifically when I decided... Well, basically, I was thinking this this question all day, and I couldn't really think of a good answer because honestly, I think as soon as my little child brain made the connection between, hey, I can write, someone wrote these stories I really enjoy, as soon as I kind of connected those dots, it almost turned into, oh, I can write stories. Um, it's always been a lifelong love of mine to, you know, 
tell stories in whatever way that was. You know, when I was really young, it was drawing little comic books. You know, it slowly turned into making little movies with my dad's camera um, that eventually turned into going to film school and learning how to do that professionally. Um, and then kind of, you know, I've always, you know, I've written a lot of short films. I, when I was younger, I wrote a very short and not very good book. Um, you know, it's, it's always kind of been, you know, the writing has been, you know, a part of it, but, you know, for a long time, it's kind of, I'm, you know, kind of thinking about myself as, you know, more of just generally a storyteller. I kind of, you know, you know, write the story and make it happen. When I kind of the moment I realized or to the point where I realized what I really enjoy out of that is the writing is the crafting of the story. And that kind of turned into more of a, you know, a focus was probably literally in the last semester of um, of college when I took, you know, a really, really great screenwriting class um, with a new professor at Biola, um, Camille Tucker. You know, it was a screenwriting for production majors. Um, <laughs> this was the name of the class. So basically it's, you know, screenwriting for people who don't know how to screenwrite. Um <laughs> In, in a lot of ways, but it was a really great class, really opened my eyes to how much I love the writing side of it. I love, you know, this cracking the story, this finding the structure of it, building it and doing that as a primary thing instead of just writing because I need to make something. Um, that was kind of the point where I realized I wanted to do, you know, writing more of, you know, in some, you know, kind of sort of professionally. I don't know. I don't know if this counts as professional or not, but, you know, um, Kind of real. I was the point where I realized I wanted to be a writer, you know, air quotes. Um, and yeah, but you know, it's always kind of been something I've done um, and something I've loved doing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of that was the point where it was like this is the main thing I love about the storytelling process. When, kind of. When did that for you turn into? Oh, like podcasting is sort of a place to do that. Mm. Um, that kind of was, um, I mean, very shortly before, you know, I started the Homestead in the Corner podcast, you know, before that I was, you know, writing my book, um, and kind of thinking I was going to go more the novelist route and just, you know, make, you know, write books and put them out and self-publish and do that kind of thing. Um, but then, you know, um, Amitola Lomas, who plays um, Maria Soul, she kind of introduced me to a couple of really, really great podcasts that got me totally hooked on the kind of the genre of audio drama it was uh the bridge and wolf 359 um primarily um that kind of like oh this is a really interesting medium and basically all you need is a microphone and you know a computer to edit it and you know basic story to tell yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. it was super open and super democratic and super um kind of just just free in terms of what kinds of stories you could accomplish because you know trying to you know you're very you know it's kind of the similar thing with books where you know you can write anything and you know kind of depend on the reader's imagination to you know put the visuals together you don't have to pay for the you know the big expensive sets and the crew to make the movie um and it's a big plus yeah. yeah and but then with you know audio drama it actually can play out in real time as you know a, a production as a you know so it was kind of a nice mix for me between kind of what appealed to me about um, writing literary fiction and what kind of appealed to me about, you know, film production and telling a story kind of that way. So that was kind of where that came in. And, you know, those first those Homestead in the Corner stories were very much, you know, kind of experiments to see what can we do with this medium and how far can we kind of push it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where that 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 kind of 
my interest in this format kind of came from. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question. This one is another one from Ari. Sorry, for... Ugh. <laughs> Don't know what I'm saying anymore. Words have stopped. Uh, this one is for Aaron, and it's from Hyde. Aries had nothing to do with that question. Um, <laughs> uh, what was one of the hardest scenes you remember recording? Well, I'd have to say the scripts early on were the hardest for me. Um, again, just the storytelling aspect of it and, you know, the, not being very experienced at the time. Um, those were the biggest challenge. The one that would stand out to me as a particularly difficult one, and I, I don't remember the title of it, so I apologize, Trevor, um, but the, the house, the haunted house with all of the mirrors. That was like oh. my favorite house. episode. It honestly Really? I love oh that episode. I'm pretty sure there was like a very, very, very large glass of wine that... <laughs> Um, preceded that recording. There was just like, you know I what? That makes a lot of sense. Just don't talk to me for my, until my husband just don't talk to me for like an hour. That episode <laughs> um, literally terrified me. That was really, that, that's so exciting. It's, to hear. That one just like, yeah, yeah. I love that. Episode. Yeah. That was one of the harder ones. Um, I, Trevor, I don't know if you can think of any one, any ones that were more difficult than that, but I, that's one that comes to mind. That, also, that was a very rough recording session. I'm pretty for our, sure for our was. second week of you know getting episodes. Was it only the second? That was week? episode. Yeah. That was episode two. Um, oh my goodness! Sorry. I um, thought we were a little further in for not, that. Is it in the? Um, I'd have to say <laughs> another one that was definitely further down that was a little bit of a challenge was the one again. I don't know the titles. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, That's okay. They are very obtuse. Um, <laughs> the one that took place in London at the theater. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that one was also, and I think, you know, honestly, they were similar in structure. Yeah. And so that might have had something to do You mean do you, with you were it. talking the whole time? <laughs> yeah. I was talking the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you do have a good voice for horror, though, Aaron, because oh, your you. voice is so soft and gentle, but you can, like, whisper, twist something in just the right way where you're like, I'm going to go shit my pants now. Yeah, it's that Aww. slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> you you terrify I think my husband would probably agree with you that sometimes <laughs> I can be scary. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding, of course. But, but, but I hope that. you're, you're you know, a lead in a horror series. I hope you can. I certainly hope your voice can be scary. <laughs> right. That's honestly that's so much fun is that part. But yeah, I would say that those types of scripts and those two episodes stand out i do enjoy the more storytelling aspect of it and now a lot more i feel a lot more comfortable i think it's also because i feel like i know anna so much better now um so i think i can kind of slip into her a little bit more easily than i could in the beginning i don't know if trevor if you would agree with that but it's it definitely comes a little bit more naturally now um, I'd, I'd say so. And yeah, I mean, I, that was, you know, literally the second episode through you in with, you know, okay, here's an, you know, basically read off this essay and make it interesting. <laughs> you know, it's- I remember the first time we had a lot of dialogue. Um, 
And I think it was with you and I, Virginia, when you when oh yeah, like the the introduction of Kate. Yeah, and that I was episode I, it was, three. Yeah, and I remember afterwards saying that felt so much more natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like so, you know. I, sorry, my dog is having some sort of fit in the background. <laughs> oh, Jake. We predicted he'd make an appearance. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. You know. Oh, there's been two accidental dogs on the podcast. Yeah. Well, wonderful. D- Jake has actually made a lot of, um, I wouldn't say appearances, but he's intrusions. Oh, I would yep. say, but I'm pretty good about stopping the recording right away and being like, "Hold on, <laughs> hold, hold." It's all. It's all good tonight. Jake finally gets to be part of the show. Yeah. All right. Next question is for Jesse, and it's from Holly. Uh, what are some of your inspirations for composing the music of the show? And what are some of your favorite artists and composers uh, in general? So I feel like I'm always a boring person to ask this question to because everyone asks this question and I never have interesting answers. I Part of the reason is because I really kind of actively try to not listen to film music um, or podcast music or whatever outside of the shows. Part, partially because I'm I'm very spongy and I I have in the past early on caught myself you know uh, you know you you come up with a melody you're like oh this is so cool and then you realize oh that I was just listening to that this morning <laughs> um, and so uh, I sort that, of actively, that's a problem that's a problem for writers too oh uh, you know, yeah yeah but but I mean there you know there's elements of that that that's part of the reason that's actually part of the reason it's really good to listen to things is because you 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 should be absorbing as much as you possibly can so that you can say things that are tried and true but you can say them in a unique and and so um, I don't want to totally knock on listening to stuff. But for me, the the kind of the way around that is I listen mostly more to like bands. Um, and so I my biggest inspirations always and it hasn't really changed. And maybe that means I need to find some new music. But um, ever ever since I was young have, have been bands like Radiohead and Cigarose. Um, Jesse, lately. I was going to make a joke that you're biggest influences radiohead and i can't and believe how accurately on. i read that yeah yikes am i that <laughs> obvious <laughs> no i mean it's it's hilarious every time i listen to a radiohead record it's like oh that's who i've been stealing from for uh, 10 years um <laughs> but but maybe a more interesting way to answer that question w- would be sort of once once you start writing music for any production in this case sheridan tapes there's you always stumble upon the things that make the music for that show that shows music and and that's for me that's when it gets really exciting is sort of when it starts inspiring itself it becomes um cyclical so i remember writing uh maybe like the first i think it was the suspense theme which became anna's theme um and and doing this interesting thing sort of playing between major and minor in a in a different way um than i had before um maybe not quite as conventional but sort of this constant shift between are we is this like a bright sort of uplifting thing or is this like a really dark closed thing and and sort of never being quite certain where we are with that um and that all of a sudden now there's just like so many ideas when you have this limited little nugget of an idea that sort of sprouts from those initial thoughts and so um 
a lot of the Sheridan tapes music was inspired by early Sheridan tapes music. Um, and then also just Radiohead apparently over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't I, know if I, that answers your question, but yeah, no, I, 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 I and I, I like that, and I definitely feel the same way. Kind of, there were things I stumbled upon in the writing process in creating the show that you know kind of informed. Okay, this is what this show is about. This is what makes an episode of the Sheridan Tape special compared to the twenty other found audio horror podcasts that are out there. Um, you know, it's and, kind of, and it's funny because I feel like it's probably stuff like just we would notice. Usually, yeah. but but it's it's just those little things that you find. It's like, oh, that's this. That's what this is. Yeah, yeah. and pe- even if people don't rec- realize it, they recognize it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, uh, for Virginia, this is another question from Holly. Um, what has been your favorite character to do voice work for? You know, across oh. both shows. Yes. Uh, so across both shows, in case you're not familiar with Trevor's entire catalog. Um, I have done Essen in Stars Eternal, who is like a non-binary alien plant-like being. Very I love fun. That show, that episode. I yeah, I that- love that episode as well. Go listen to that right now. It's so, so fun. Good. It's part of well, uh, after Homestead this. In the Don't corner. listen to it right now. Yeah. I was like <laughs> fist pumping when I listened to that one in my car. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah. And then there was Anne Bonnie in Sirens Gold. Um, Jesse Steele was uh, Captain Barrett opposite me for that one. We had a lot of fun doing that. I made a lot of ridiculous fighting noises <laughs> recording that one. Um, and then, of course, for the Sheridan tapes, there's Kate Sheridan and uh, Dawn, random local radio weather gal. Um, the funnest one, like biggest peak of excitement was Anne Bonnie because she is a badass and... I had so much fun doing an Irish accent for that. Listening to that one now, I cringe a little bit because I have been like since then gotten a little bit better, but I have not practiced it in a while. So I will not recreate it here. However, I have gotten a better ear for it. Um, so I, uh, but I loved doing that one and I love how it came out. Um, but like the one that is closest to my heart is Kate Sheridan. Because, um, well, now I know a little bit more about where her story is headed. And there is so much in it that I really identify with from my own life. And I think um, Kate's going to do some great things. She just needs a few more episodes to get there is all. Mm -hmm. But I'm very excited to keep voicing her. And I think Kate is very funny, honestly. Totally unintentionally. But she is a little bit funny, um, just in and how strongly she feels things. <laughs> awesome. So great. Yep. Trevor, since this question is from me, can I ask it to you? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Do it. Sweet. All right. So, does writing for yourself as a main character make either role, so either writing or acting, like harder or easier? Um. Generally, I would say, you know, in some ways it makes it a lot easier, you know, writing a character and playing them takes a lot of the guesswork out of, you know, how did the writer intend this line to be read? You know, what's the emotion behind it? What's the thought process? It's, I already know that, you know, there's a lot of similarities, I, I feel, in between um, acting and writing characters, you know, in terms of that getting into the headspace of another person and genuinely 
reacting and creating a, a character out of that, you know, whether you're writing down the lines on the page or bringing them to life, you know, um, on the other hand, it also does make it a little bit more difficult because, um, I know exactly how that line should sound. Um, and sometimes I can't quite get there personally, cause I'm not the most, um, experienced or skilled actor, you know, I, I know that <laughs> definitely not in the cast. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of easier to get inside your own head when you know I'm, you know, I'm not quite getting where the script needs to be. Um, and, you know, what it, where it gets really difficult is where I'm trying to act as both, you know, writer, actor, and director in the same scene. You know, basically any scene with Sam and multiple characters in it, it's like, I'm trying to pay attention to my own performance and what the scene is supposed to be doing in the script and what the other actors are doing so I can give them notes for the next tape. All right, sorry, the next take. Um, so yeah, it, it is a weird mix of making things, you know, in terms of the performance makes that easier. Um, in terms of the writing, it also kind of makes it easier because, you know, I have two points of kind of getting into Sam's head and figuring out who this character is. Um, and then kind of just, but just, you know, Production-wise, it can make things a little bit difficult at times, um, just because of, you know, rapidly changing hats um, in the middle of any one scene um, can get pretty difficult. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's kind of a mix of both in a way. Um, you know, it's and I would you know, ideally, you know, maybe I would have wanted another actor to play Sam, but I, I do have a lot of fun bringing him to life. You know. I think you've like really grown in your acting ability playing Sam. I can hear it in all the episodes. Just yeah, listening oh, yeah. to them again. Yeah, it's yeah, got right. at this point. It's it, I feel like it's gotten so nuanced. It's like mm. there's just so, there's so much more going on in those performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank twenty six weeks will do that to you, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do anything for six and a half months straight every week. Um, yeah, you should hopefully get at least marginally better at it. Um, yeah, what is it, 10,000 hours, something like that? Sound, something like that. I, I don't want to count those up. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it like in episode 19, like playing DeWitt and Sam, having a conversation with yourself and reacting to yourself? Did you just try out reacting to yourself back and forth, or did you do all Sam and all DeWitt and just have to remember what you sounded like the last Yeah, time? yeah. For the back and forth moments, um, I try, you know, I kind of, I basically went line by line and kind of did a couple of takes of Sam's line, a couple of takes of DeWitt's line when I had that, what I did oh in that God. fresh yeah. in my mind, and then a couple of takes of Sam Sam's line it. Uh, the way I would not want to direct anyone else if they were, you know, if they were doing that scene. Um, right. I, you know, yeah. it's, it totally kills the flow. But when you're acting off yourself and also doing a very bizarre accent, that's very hard to keep any kind of consistency with. Um, yeah. it's. It, <laughs> but then when kind of it went into DeWitt's kind of long monologue, I, you know, I stuck with DeWitt for that to make sure I was as consistent as possible as I could through that. And, you know, mm. with Sam's few interje- interjections, I just kind of went back and did couple of options after the fact, um, you know, a couple of different readings kind of went up and down, you know, different emotional energy scales to make sure, you know, it would, it would match in the edit. But, but yeah, that one was, um, that must have the, been the Trevor and the Trevor and Trevor variety hour, as I refer to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that one. And also it didn't help that, you know, a, a really bad habit I have, um, personally, um, is because I am, you know, I know, you know, I'm playing Sam and I know I'm editing as well. 
I'm like, okay, I can put off Sam, recording Sam's lines until the very last minute and get them in there because I know exactly what they need to be. Um, and that very much turned out to be the case in that one, except that was an entire episode of my lines. Um, <laughs> so that that did not go well when those two um, those two things collided. Um, thankfully, I, thankfully, I got better about that towards the end of the season. But, um, but yeah, there were a few that Sam was a bit rushed. Um, yeah, we're gonna get ahead of that more for season two for sure. Just in general, yeah. But yeah, break that habit. <laughs> Good question, Jesse. Thank you. Um, Okay, another question for uh, Aaron and Virginia from Aries Jimenez. Um, what are y'all's favorite episodes, respectively? Not necessarily ones you've worked on, but just in general and why? Go for I, it, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I definitely enjoyed the more dialogue-heavy episodes, and I really enjoyed the Echo episodes um, and getting to switch characters. And that was a ton of fun. I'd have to say one of my standouts though, and I'm not sure what it was exactly about this episode that I really enjoyed. If it was just kind of my own attachment to the setting um, and the fact that there was just a lot of real interaction and it was a little bit more intimate was I really enjoyed the, um, the one that was set in in Emerald Bay mm, yeah. and Lake Tahoe. Um, I really enjoyed that. And as far as the more storytelling episodes go, I actually really enjoyed the Amy Sterling episode. Yeah. Yes. The that's well. a good one. That yeah. one was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No. That I was one that I, le- I wanted it to be twice as long. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like I want I want more of that story. I do. I want more of that story. We yeah, have, like we, what hint, what hint, happened? Wink wink. Nudge nudge. I feel it. I Give feel us it. more. <laughs> um, and then I also really like it when Kate and Anna get to work together. Me too. That's a lot uh, of fun. I loved seventeen. I loved working on seventeen with you because it was Kate with the Echo and Kate with Anna and Kate losing her goddamn mind between the two of them. So uh, was that the grocery store? Yes, where Andrew gets stolen. That one was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and those ones come really naturally. Mm -hmm. And I think we have good chemistry, um, Mm -hmm. and which just makes it easier. So yeah, Yeah, that's one of my favorite. That one was a lot of fun to direct with you two. I have to say, I really liked that one. I liked the um, the echo. Playing the kinder, more aloof Anna. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was fun. Yeah. Some of my my favorite moments of you as the Echo are in that conversation with Kate in the grocery store because it's like you could cut that tension with a knife, and yeah. you're just like toying with Kate. Kind of you you kind of have caught on to the fact that like Kate's trying to be cool, but you're just being all aloof and evil and crazy and it was so oh so good Aaron. Thank you. Once yeah. again you're terrifying. Oh. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> it really is actually. When someone's like you're really evil in that. Oh, that's so sweet. I really appreciate that. 
It's like how in the murder mystery that Aaron wrote that Trevor and I were in last year, um, I was playing a, a mega bitch character who everyone she killed. And was amazing. Um, this woman was leaving one night and she just turns to me and is like, you're a bitch and keeps walking. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, like, I guess you, I have no choice you. but to be flattered. So <laughs> well, what was so fun about that experience was that you came in to read for something totally different. And when you read for the more bitchy role, I was like, Nailed that's it. you. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that was so much fun. Yeah, that was that was that was a great I mean, that was where, you know, Virginia and I first met on that production, and mm-hmm. yeah, that was so much fun. Uh, okay, next question is, oh, it's it's from Virginia, <laughs> and it's for Jesse. <laughs> oh, dear. It's, no, that's from Virginia. That's, that's what I said. Yeah, I said Virgin- Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's so hard to Sorry. hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing. Um, so, uh, if you had to assign musical instruments to represent the main characters, Peter and the Wolf style, what would you give them? That's amazing. I love that question. That's a so great much. question. I know. I love it so much because it's it's simultaneously a great question and also like, why didn't you do that? You should have done that. <laughs> because I didn't tell you who, because I because I didn't tell you who yeah, any of the Yeah, because I didn't the know any were. of the characters or anything. <laughs> no, I honestly this is the one question when I looked at them earlier today, I was like, I actually need to think about this because I could not answer that on the spot. Um so I've thought about it a little bit. So the first one that came to mind, it's so funny because like none of this stuff is in the score, <laughs> but we're doing Peter and the Wolf. So this is this is different. Um, so Sam Bailey is like a old, rusty, but like, wait, listen, but but still like resonant and warm acoustic guitar. Like he's okay, the acoustic yeah. guitar you would find in your uncle's attic and you'd look at it and you're like, I wonder what that sounds like. And you pick it up and it's like somehow still in tune and it just resonates. That's Sam. I like that. I like that. They get worse from here. So (laughs) (laughs) Anna, I feel like Anna's really is, is really difficult to pin down. I, I said cello, um, because cello is one of those instruments. There's, there's a surprising amount of depth and, Mm -hmm. um, aggression that you can accomplish but also it has this like it can almost sing like a human voice um it has a lot of the register is very similar to a human voice and so that it yeah it because i I feel like aaron's voice as anna is sort of it's not singy or sing-songy but it is um i don't know what the word i'm looking for it's toneful um Mm. so that that sort of felt like cello would be good for that bill I, I I'm doing some sub characters too. Piccolo, sorry, that's I did. Rude. I said clarinet that's, because okay. yeah, <laughs> clarinet. Every time I think of clarinet, I think of especially in like old movie scores. It's always like for like boys, like like almost mm-hmm. like children. And Bill is sort of like this like um, innocent childlike character in some ways. Yeah. yeah, and so I felt like clarinet would be fun, but also like a similar sort of surprising amount of depth and resonance. Um. And then Maria is an oboe. Oh, God, yes. I because was hoping someone would be oboes, an oboe. Oboes, like, they can be a little grating, but they're, like, when they when they really carry the melody, they're, like, stunning. Right. The person playing the oboe has to be ready for it. That's right. And it's, like, because <laughs> Maria is this, there's, like, this constant, like, sarcasm 
then mm-hmm. there's also this this depth and yeah this yeah anyway those were the yeah. four I did that that is that I is love great, that Jesse <laughs> thanks season nice. two we'll we'll have the the get ready for the rusty guitar and cello <laughs> <laughs> we can actually do some character cues maybe <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right. Uh, speaking of season two, um, this is. Oh, uh, do you want to, Jesse? Oh, do you yeah. want to ask this your question, question for, for me? Ooh, I was so stoked right. to ask these questions because I hadn't really talked to you guys. So I'm. I'm. Yeah. This is awesome. All right. So this is for Virginia, not Virginia. Ah, uh, thank you, Virginia. Yeah. Um, what are your hopes for season two from a story slash character writing perspective? All right. Time to answer this without spoilers. Um, so my hopes for this is that in the journey of season two characters that you might not know a lot about right now you're going to get to know a lot more about and um i would expect for your heart to grow three sizes a la the grinch and also maybe for a little bit of heartbreak because this is after all a story that involves ups and downs. Do you hear me trying to do this without spoilers? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy, is it? I'm right. like, I need some spoilers. Yeah, give them, give them to us. We can edit it. I'm like, am I still employed? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think after, after, my hopes for season after, two after we, we'll, are we'll that we write Anna out in the first episode. <laughs> does does Anna? Yes. Yes. It's still the Sheridan tapes. Yes. Just checking. Anna is quite the Sterling tapes story. (laughs) Just a sudden 180. The Maria Soul tapes. What? Oh my god. (laughs) Um. Uh. And I hope that it will be satisfying for everyone to listen to. Already, some of the connections that Trevor and I have made. Um, with the story that's going to be told and with how certain characters are, we're like, oh, thank God we can make that kind of connection and deepen this thing. And, oh, this is going to be complicated. And, oh, this one's going to hurt. Like, just all kinds of, like, fun little things like that. And, of course, we're um, we're finding some very fun, spooky ways to tell these stories and to deepen these characters. So I'm excited. I'm especially I'm- excited for... Um, uh, something we just decided last night that Kate's gonna get to do. So we're we're putting a lot of pieces together right now. And you're uh, terrible I think teasing us like this. There's gonna be more Anna Kate next season, definitely, definitely. Okay. If like a, this like, if this season was like taking a shovel and like digging us all into a pit, mm-hmm. is next season like are we digging deeper or are we like trying to reach back out for the light? Yes. Trying to, like, <laughs> trying to pull it out. I need the deets. For now, we will keep things vague. I mean, and that's ominous. not an uncommon method. Mm. But it was not. But there enti- were a couple it, was- of times where I'm like, um, okay, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just have like a pinch of subtext? <laughs> and yes, it might be an intentional method for some people. It most definitely was not for me because a lot of times the answer was. I don't know, or I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm putting things in the mystery box, but not sure if I'm going to use them later, which thankfully it worked out. Um, yeah, we're we destroying know, we the mystery box right now, so it'll be a lot clearer, I feel like, for for everyone, for the necessary subtext. So, 
Yeah. So hopefully it'll be a little bit more of an enjoyable experience. It was as an, an adventure, actor. and that, and it was a very rewarding one. So, I'm but it could be a, it, it could be a touch less frustrating. I, I know that. <laughs> All right, and we've got one last question. Um, For Trevor, okay, this question is from Holly. Trevor, which character are you most excited to further develop in season two? Um, I'm really, really excited to develop, you know, a whole bunch of the kind of sporting characters who, you know, didn't really get a whole lot of episodes focused on them necessarily this season or who were still kind of figuring out who they are. Um, I, you know, I can't say a whole lot about that because, again, spoilers, but um, I'd say probably the character, at least at this point, that I'm most excited to explore is probably um, Maria Soul. Um yeah. Just because, you know, she had a large part in, you know, season one, but we still don't know a lot about who she is kind of outside of, you know, where we've seen her in terms of investigating Anna's, you know, disappearance and, you know, her relationship with Anna beforehand. A lot of kind of what we know about her is kind of centered around that. Um, I want to kind of dig into what kind of makes her who she is um, mm-hmm. and really give her kind of some moments to shine in this next season um, and really dig into, yeah who she is. Yeah. Um, I also really just want to do a lot, do more with, um, with Dr. Ren Park. Cause that is such a fun character. Um, oh, yes. and That's Sam coming. is so much fun to work with, um, just on everything. So I'm, yeah, those are probably the two I'm most excited, but you know, the whole cast is going to get a lot more. We're going to learn a whole lot more about these characters in the next season. Cause you know, this first season was very much kind of focused on, you know, Anna and Sam, you know, it's going to kind of, expand out a little bit more and we'll get to know more about the other characters in this story um and their kind of part in the you know the story that's unfolding so i'm really excited about that um as you know just something to develop in season two so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely themes of identity will keep developing getting to know these different people and yeah i think in addition to getting to know maria as a person Um, that there's a lot of good opportunity to also get to know Anna as a person, apart from the stories that she tells through uh, Maria and Kate. Mm -hmm. So that'll be from two very different relationships for Anna. Yeah, there are aspects of Anna's life that I would love to see get explored. Mm -hmm. All right. And that is all the questions we have on our list. And we've been going for about an hour now. So it's probably about time to wrap up because, you know, I think people are going to start falling asleep at their headphones if we don't. So (laughs) I just want to say thank you to everyone again for listening, for listening to this episode and for listening to the whole season, for just being such a wonderful audience, such a wonderful fandom. Um, I never imagined it would blow up to the level that it has already. And I'm so excited to see where it goes in the future. Um, Specifically, I really want to thank our patrons for supporting the show financially and being a part of that Patreon community. Um, It's a huge help for all of us and helps to kind of make this make sense for all of us, you know, financially, as well as creatively knowing that people are invested in what we're creating. Um, And then I just want to wish everyone a happy and safe Halloween, whatever that looks like this year for you, Um, you know, be safe, but, you know, have fun and enjoy yourself. Um, And I just wanted just one last reminder, um, the Sheridan tapes will return in January of 2021 for season two. So thank you all. Um, If any of you have any parting words, um, otherwise we will say goodnight. 
I just want to thank all of the listeners for helping to make this show so rewarding and as you know, so successful. And you know, like Trevor said, we never knew what to really expect from this experience, and it has been just you know so exciting and so much fun so thank you guys so much for the support i also want to apologize for my dog who's been in the background this entire time whining so um, i don't think anyone will mind <laughs> I, don't I think, think he'll so. actually get very you excited guys hear that um jake says hi yeah and <laughs> and to echo that i mean it's a lot of what we do is sitting in lonely dark rooms and it feels sometimes like we're just creating stuff into the void but to create something that people respond to um, so obviously. And it's just been so cool to see all of you online um, really engaging with the show and responding to it. It's such a massive reward as creators, I, I think I could say for all of us, um, just to, to see people respond to that when it, it can often feel like you're just throwing it into the air. But, but to get response back is the best thing. So you guys are the best. The fan art. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. How much fun is that? It is uh, it is so much fun. Every single piece of fan art that I've ever seen makes me so happy. And I love how different <laughs> they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally different interpretations of the same character. It's so cool. And none of them look anything like me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. But it it's is. so cool. The best is yet to come. That's all I want to say. Absolutely. And I hope we can live up to that promise and make sure season two is even better than season one. And yeah, I'm really excited to go on this journey with everyone here on this call and everyone listening in because I'm very excited about where the story is going. So thank you all and have a good night. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.